to Best of Friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football. I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com, Pro Fantasy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody. Hello, Matt. Welcome. Welcome back. It's been a while since we last talked, but in case you forgot, this is the 2M Football Podcast. What? It like is? you said, like you said in the intro, feels like uh, it's been a year since we talked. <laughs> and um, so we've been away, but the NFL news cycle never sleeps uh, for a while in the thick of free agency. I think the last time we talked was right at the beginning of free agency. It was a crazy like month from the beginning of free agency, not just with players being signed, but a crazy amount of trades going through. I don't know if you've seen that Charlie Kelly meme uh, it's from Always Sunny, but he's basically standing in front of a whiteboard with papers taped. It's also a staple of every like crime drama investigation. Yeah, with show all out the, like, the, the string lines. Yeah, stri- yeah exactly. Things. Exactly. That's what the NFL offseason is like. <laughs> that's what um, the NFL is like all year. That's true. It, it really never stops. Um, it has slowed lately with attention turning to the draft, all of the major free agents have been snapped up and are with their new teams. Uh, so yeah, apologies for being so late with this. Uh, me and the family got COVID. We're fine now. Matt's been slammed with work. <laughs> so it's been tough to uh, schedule a time, but hey, look at that. We, we found a way. Life finds a way. Thank you, exactly. Jeff Thank you, Mr. Goldblum. Um, so yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday, April 27th, the draft. NFL draft starts tomorrow, and we have a lot of news to catch up on, too. So this is going to be a two-part show, and I'm going to use my stopwatch. Don't let me forget. Uh, we have, we're going to touch on, give our take on some of the biggest news stories that have taken place, and uh, that's going to be 30 minutes tops. And then we'll get into our, our big draft preview, where we're not going to do a mock draft, but we're going to talk about some of the top prospects, top positions, and... Um, connect some dots in terms of team needs. We'll go through every first round pick and the draft order and just at a large uh, overview scale, talk about what each team needs. We're not going to predict specific picks, but we will uh, get into it a little bit. And for purposes of my, my own self and ease of editing, (laughs) Matt, I'm going to have to ask you to keep it PG 13 today as well as making no mistakes so that there's very little editing to do. So no pressure. But this I make no promises. <laughs> this is like your uh, performance review for the show. Treat it that way. And if you do well, then you get to keep this job that pays you nothing and just takes up your time. <laughs> you know what? You're not, I don't know where the incentive is, but it's there somewhere, right? Yeah. You get to talk to me for an hour every couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, ready? Get that button ready. okay so without further ado let's get into the biggest news that we haven't discussed yet even if it is a crime to call it news at this point given it's more than a month old but all right let's start here Devontae adams maybe you've heard of him nope no superstar receiver formerly of the green bay packers has been traded to the, the raiders so this happened right after the Packers brought Rodgers back on a big new contract. They assigned the franchise tag to Adams. The thought at the time was that they're working together on a long-term deal. And then all of a sudden, he's a Raider. <laughs> and obviously, this has happened so long ago, I'm calmer about it now. But this is like a big WTF. Why would you bring Rodgers back, but then ship away his biggest slash only weapon <laughs> i mean they, uh, even if they given... brought even if they brought him back like there was no way we're not we're, we're going to make it to the postseason the next five years but we're not winning a super bowl <laughs> next five years they probably only got rogers for two max two or two three at the most 
But uh, yeah, now no Devontae Adams. They also lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He has signed with the Chiefs. Uh, they did sign Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Whatever that's worth. I don't really know. I mean, I was just mad because we could have gone out and got like Allen Robinson, which I would have been totally fine with. Yeah, I think that would have been a good addition. Yeah, Allen Robinson. There's still some guys out there. Jarvis Landry and Will Fuller are still but free agents. But if anybody who knows Green Bay the way we know we know Green Bay, and shockingly at work, I've had plenty of opportunities to talk to people. It's like I live in Wisconsin now. <laughs> right. Um, Green Bay does not spend money in free agency. It's just not something they do. Yeah, they got Watkins so, on a one-year, $4 million contract, so pennies, essentially. Um, the only thing that we can hope for here is that they use their draft picks wisely. Right. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. So in exchange for Devonta Adams, they got the Raiders first round pick and their second round pick this year. And those picks are 22nd overall and 53rd overall. So yeah, they better use at least one of those on a receiver. Although there is a lot of rumor that's gaining credence up here that says that one of those picks is going to an offensive lineman, which I don't understand, but that's for a different day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as they do something, because right now, and I forgot to start the stopwatch. I just started it now. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> well, we're three minutes in. I'm watching. Okay. If you look at the depth chart right now, just really quick. You got Sammy Watkins is the new addition. Alan Lazard, who's whatever, he's pretty good. He's fine. Not a number one, but he's good. Randall Cobb, who I think had one good game last year when I was against him in fantasy football. <laughs> and uh, a bunch of just guys, a bunch of names. Amari Rogers was a rookie last year, didn't play much. And then just a bunch of guys who I've never heard of. So it's it's pretty bad. They need to do something because uh, if they if they're serious about trying to win one more Super Bowl with Rodgers, they need more than that. <laughs> From the Raiders' perspective, it's awesome. I mean, they had to do something to keep pace with everything that's happened in their crazy division this offseason, with Russell Wilson yeah. joining the Broncos, the Chargers up and coming. You know, they bolstered their defense, brought back guys on offense too, and and then obviously Mahomes and the Chiefs. So. Uh, big boost for the Raiders offense and they signed him immediately. They did what the Packers wouldn't or couldn't do. And they signed him to a five-year $141 million deal. So he joins a offense that all of a sudden looks pretty loaded with Hunter Renfro, who was incredible last year. Uh, we all know what a threat Darren Waller is at tight end. And then um, they brought in Josh McDaniels as the new head coach. So that offense is going to be potent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little bit scarier than it was last year, but with everyone coming into the the uh, the frame, the addition of Adams, which is just a solid catcher, it really is to me a make or break for Derek Carr too. Like you've had something now that you've never had, which is a top tier number one wide receiver, right? Uh, but at the same time, it's like that's he's in the toughest division in football. So I think every game in that division is going to be must-watch TV this year. I'm excited. Oh, boy. Mike's watchability index. Yeah, you know it's coming back here, too. It was wildly successful with the fans, and uh, it'll be making a return. Okay. Ready to move on? Yes. Deshaun Watson traded to the Browns. What? <laughs> The Browns are giving up three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and I think a fifth-round pick as well to the Texans uh, in exchange for Watson, who they signed to a five-year, $230 million contract. So he will despite be there. The fact. Right. Despite the fact that he is still uh, possibly slash likely going to be suspended by the NFL at some point, uh, pending maybe the results of the ongoing, you know, court cases against him for uh, sexual harassment. Um, regardless of the outcome of that, I'm hearing a suspension is, is likely. I guess that's the precedent that's been set in other cases like this, where even if there never ended up being legal charges, the league, you know, the league still operates as its own thing. They can still give out a suspension. Um, did you hear about what they did with this contract? No. 
they made the first year of his contract only a million dollars guaranteed so that if he does get suspended, he would only lose that amount of money. Which is smart, also kind of shady, but uh, whatever. So they're, they're anticipating, the Browns are, that he might miss a significant chunk of this upcoming season. And uh, so, he, you know, he's, it's been a couple of years now since he played football, but he was probably top five at the position. So it's a huge, huge get for them. They obviously wanted to upgrade on Baker Mayfield, who has been with the team for four years and kind of underwhelmed after being a top. Was he a number one overall pick? He was, he was somewhere up He was there. top. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was a top, a high first round pick. Um, so there's a lot of fallout from this since there were several teams sort of in the running to try to trade for Watson, uh, including the Saints, who instead bring back Jameis Winston. Of course they do. <laughs> the, the Browns um, still have Baker Mayfield on the roster. I assume they're going to trade him eventually. Uh, but well, because even yet. if, like, Winston – or not Winston, if uh, – Watson. Watson gets suspended, like, I don't know. I don't – I don't. I would be in <laughs> Baker's shoes, too. Like, that's fine. You oh, don't want me anymore. But right, don't I wouldn't play, play the games that they – what? Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't play for them after this. Um, which then puts Cleveland in a weird spot because you don't even have Baker to fill the shoes mm-hmm. while Watson's serving the suspension. So it's just, I don't know, the Browns like have a win-lose situation kind of there. Yeah. Obviously, they made the trade for the long haul, you know, with the five-year deal and Watson is still young. Uh, because for this year, even if he does play, their only viable receiver is Amari Cooper, who they traded for earlier. Right. Uh, this offseason, Landry's gone, Odell is gone. So uh, even if he doesn't play this year, and they, I assume they would just take that as a loss and be like, that's fine. Still got him for you know the next four years plus. Um, right. In terms of the Texans, they will unless they bring someone else in, which I would be surprised, uh, presumably roll with Davis Mills, who was a rookie quarterback from last year. I thought he was actually yeah. pretty decent, given what he was working with. I thought he did okay. Right? I wouldn't be mad as a te- if I was a Texans fan and they roll him out there again in 2022. I think he was okay. Uh, Panthers were another team in the mix who are going to now have to go back to the drawing board. They could still trade for Baker, which I think would be interesting. Uh, they also have the sixth overall pick in this draft, uh, which they could also use on a quarterback. Uh, there's one person who would apparently not be very happy if they trade for Baker. Is <laughs> their receiver, Robbie Anderson, <laughs> who commented no! on, an, on an Instagram post. Yeah, saying no. Did anybody hear, like, the Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, right. That's all I hear when I see no spelled like that with all those no's. With all those O's. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's the fallout from Watson going to Cleveland. Uh, more quarterback movement. The Colts uh, moved on from Carson Wentz after just one year of that experience. <laughs> they went for Matt Ryan instead of massive upgrade, uh, even if a more temporary solution. They send a third-round pick this year to Atlanta for their star quarterback. And uh, the Colts are a team we've been saying for a few years. We're just a quarterback away from being really relevant. And now you, they definitely have. I don't get why so many people just like, they want to talk smack on Matt Ryan. Like he's solidly a consistent, like top 10, top 12 quarterback year after year in passing completion. But he's never had since the Super Bowl run, a solid team built around him. They've never had a run game. Yeah, they since Coleman and Freeman in the backfield, it's always just been, um, you know, Julio Jones. It's you know, but now he's behind a way better offensive line. He has, you know, a, an amazing good. run game behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Michael, Michael Pittman's a good up and coming young receiver. Uh, they've got other guys. Other youngsters there, maybe T.Y. Hilton comes back. It's a massive upgrade personnel-wise over what he's been dealing with in Atlanta the last few years, which makes what he's been able to do, you know, in terms of his own stats and, and numbers so much more impressive given the team has crumbled around him since that Super Bowl year. And then the Falcons, in need of a quarterback, they went and signed Marcus Mariota to a two-year Good 18 to see million. see him back in starting role. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like when he got little bits of playing time uh, for the Raiders, he looked okay, and I assume he'll be their starter, at least this year and, and next year while they develop someone new. And uh, let's see, the biggest news, <laughs> Seahawks re-signed Geno Smith. One-year deal. He played a few games for them last year when Wilson was hurt. Um, but I kind of – I don't think they're done addressing the position. I, I don't see him being their week one starter. I think Baker Mayfield would make a ton of sense to go here too, to Seattle. Now that, obviously, Wilson's gone. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, and I did a little bit of research. Can you click that little link that says Mike's research? If it feels like a lot I of quarterback. don't know if I want to click the link. I can't. <laughs> don't worry. It's it's safe for work and everything. <laughs> Whoa. Just prepare to have your whatever device you're on bombarded with viruses. Yep. Too late. Shut down. Computer. Sure. <laughs> um, okay. So I put this together because it seemed like a lot of quarterbacks were changing teams this offseason so that made me wonder is this more or less change than we've seen the, the previous years so I went back to 2019 and uh, looked up every team's starting quarterback and then did the same thing for 2020 2021 and now our projected starters for 2022 to see which year had the most turnover and so this past year from, 20, from last year to what it looks like is going to be the starting group of quarterbacks this season, we've got 10 quarterback changes uh, pending whatever Carolina does. It'll be 11 if they, <laughs> if they have someone other than Darnold, which I kind of assume would be the case. <laughs> uh, that, I thought that sounded like a lot, but then going back to last season, the tw- over the 2020 offseason before 2021, there were actually 15 quarterback changes that offseason almost half the league had a new starting quarterback last year than they had in 2020 that's kind of incredible yeah and uh okay going back one more year 2019 to 2020 11 teams changed quarterbacks so so it seems an average of the past four years or so an average of about 10 teams change quarterbacks yeah right which I mean, that's a third of the league right there. That's still kind of crazy. So um, keep in mind, though, within the last couple of years, too, we've seen a lot of players that have retired. Yeah. Yeah. There's an old guard of quarterbacks that are on the way out. And the teams that have gone through a lot of quarterback turnover are, as you might expect, teams that have not been very good. (laughs) um, So looking into this a little bit further there are 12 teams that have had the same quarterback each of the last three years and those teams have been generally generally with some exceptions successful teams uh one of those is the buccaneers this is year three of tom brady they've been pretty good obviously cowboys have had Dak prescott pretty good this is one of the outliers the giants have had daniel jones each of the last three years Hmm. he's a dumpster fire Rodgers for the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> Vikings have had Kirk Cousins. Pretty good. I mean, the team hasn't done that well, but Cousins himself, I don't think you can complain too much about his performance. We uh, can't. Apparently, people we, in Minnesota can. Vikings fans still do, yes. <laughs> Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. Pretty good. They've been on the rise. Uh, Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. Joe Burrow for the Bengals. Mahomes. Derek Carr. Ryan Tannehill. And then Josh Allen for the Bills. Those are the teams that have had the same quarterback each of the last three years. Generally, good teams outside of the Giants. Uh, There are five teams who have actually had a different quarterback each of the last three years, which is crazy. And those teams are the the Washington Commanders, who some of these names, man. Oh, Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then Carson Wentz for this year, presumably. The commanders have been awful. And uh, yeah, they're going to the, continue to be awful. I agree. The Bears, Mitch Trubisky in 2020, Andy Dalton was last year's week one starter, and Justin Fields will be their starter this year. They've been pretty bad too. The Broncos, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, and this year Russell Wilson. They're, I don't I mean, they're kind of, they're not awful. They're a step above those other teams. The Colts have been 
fringe playoff teams, you know, with the likes of Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and now Matt Ryan. And then the other team are the Texans, who Deshaun Watson was their week one starter in 2020, Tyrod Taylor last year, and then uh, looks like it'll be Davis Mills this year. It, it's kind of intuitive, right? It's If you have the same quarterback every year, it's generally a more stable franchise. The team is successful. They're not making they're not looking to make big changes because things are generally going well. Uh, well, and I feel like too is I, you know, it's how does the front office respond to fan criticism, right? Because I feel like certain teams, like the Bears, for instance, I feel like that they they shuffle too much, right? That was the problem with the Browns for the longest time, you know, before right. they've actually made themselves you know, no longer a laughing stock, but an actual decent team was every year or every two years, it's a new coach and a new quarterback. Like it's impossible to build any type of stability. You're going to have to play through bad years. You're going to have to live with up and down seasons and, and coaching mistakes. Those are inevitable things that happen. Yeah. It's like there, there, and there are different types of bad years, right? There's there are bad years where guys make progress Maybe you can see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Then you have like the Giants, bad years over and over again. No hope for the future. <laughs> Apparently right, so, because Jones, I think, is still, you know, scheduled to be the starting quarterback. As of now, it looks that way, yeah. And it feel, if it feels like I'm piling on, I, I have a lot of uh, – I have a big grudge against Daniel Jones because of owning him in fantasy football last year. <laughs> that was your own mistake. It was. I traded for him. God, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder why I don't have success in fantasy. Uh, anyway, looking one level deeper, there are three teams that have had a different quarterback each of the last four years, which is just insanity. The commanders are one of them. They had Case Keenum was their 2019 week one starter before Haskins, Fitzpatrick, and Wentz. Then you had the Broncos. Do, do you remember? I know you're probably looking at it, but who their 2019 week one starter was? Wacko for mm -hmm. Flacco. Joe Flacco was their starter week one in 2019 before Locke, Bridgewater, and Wilson. And the other team is the Colts, whose week one starter was Jacoby Brissett in 2019 uh, before they had Rivers, Wentz, and then now Matt Ryan. So, all right, that's it. Crazy. That's the end of this crazy tangent. Um, I just spent some time on this research and thought it was really fascinating. And uh, I think it'd be fun to do the same thing with head coaches, right? Coaching. Head coach is another position that sees a lot of turnover every year. Yeah. It'd be fun to, to look at that from year to year and, and look for uh, patterns. I, I expect it would be similar, actually. <laughs> okay. Back to the notes. Let's move on. Long story short, I guess, it's been an average year for quarterback turnover in the league. <laughs> to sum it up. Uh, one team that will continue to have the same quarterback next year as last year is, is the Rams, who gave Matt Stafford a four-year, $160 million extension. Way to go, Stafford. Yeah, good for him and good for, good for them. Okay, another blockbuster trade that happened involving a top three receiver in the NFL. The Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. This came out of nowhere. Um, but apparently the uh, Hill and the Chiefs were having talks about an extension. The talks were not progressing. And they decided to just trade him. <clears throat> and the Dolphins give up their first, second, and fourth round pick this year. And their fourth and sixth round picks uh, next year. And the crazy thing from their end is that the Dolphins still have two first-round picks next year, even after giving one up in this trade. Or no. Uh, you know what? I need to fact-check that. Darn it. I forgot I wasn't supposed to make any mistakes. <laughs> Darnold it. The, yeah, there you go. That's a good one. The point is they still have a ton of draft picks thanks to other moves they've made recently. So they could kind of afford to give away this haul to bring in a guy as talented as Terry Kill. And, and then they signed him to a four-year, $120 million deal. And the, the just in general, the Dolphins have made a ton of moves this offseason. They're definitely one of the teams that has made the biggest uh, splash in terms of free agency and then with its trade. 
So they'll be a team to watch. Potential playoff sleeper, or maybe they wouldn't qualify because they ended the year around 500. We'll talk about it. Uh, this is a trade that might happen. Debo Samuel has requested trade from the Giants, but they have basically said San no. Francisco. Sorry, I've got baseball on my mind. <laughs> I caught this, the reference. Thank you. San Francisco uh, 49ers. Thank you. <laughs> Glad you're listening. Debo um, Samuel plays baseball. Wait, what have we, have we been doing a wrong show? <laughs> um, okay, sorry, I'm off now. From the 49ers. <laughs> Although the team has said they're not going to trade him. If they do, though, the Texans, Jets, and Packers are the most interested, and any of those would make sense. Especially the Packers, please. <laughs> the uh, yeah, Dolphins. We'll talk about that later, but we had a huge yeah. argument at work about that. Yeah, I, I know that I wouldn't want the Packers to give up what they would probably have to to get him. So <laughs> it's not that, it's how much they would have to pay to sign it. And then you have people like, um, Jair, who's due, going to be up for a restructuring contract and stuff mm. like that. We're like, we'd have to cough up so much around the defensive side of the football, potentially on tackles as well, just for additional player that's not going to guarantee anything versus kind of taking the lumps now while we can and potentially building a better team all around in the next five years. Yeah. Basically, yeah, basically that taking – Taking Debo now would mean putting all of our eggs in the offensive basket, which clearly has not done us very good in the past. <laughs> but actually spreading the wealth and the talent and the money around all three phases of the football and building a complete team. Yeah, I mean, what do you say makes sense in the long run? I just feel like the clock's ticking on Rogers' career. and I've There'll be like another quarterback after him. Who? Jordan Love? Well, I didn't mean like that, but I mean, there'll be somebody oh. else. But if you don't even have a defense now, you're not going to have a defense later. <laughs> no, I know. And I, I agree. I'd rather, if I had to pick between the two of them, I would take Jerry Alexander over Debo Samuel any day. So I think what you're saying makes sense. Uh, okay, let's see. Let's try to wrap this up. The Dolphins traded Devontae Parker to the Patriots. I think this is a really savvy move by New England. They only had to give up a third round pick next year. And uh, they get potentially a number one receiver that they've been looking for. That that's been their biggest issue. I think it's been a lack of really dominant offensive targets. <clears throat> and Parker has been that for Miami in stretches. And but they really didn't need him anymore now that they've got uh, Hill now. And then Jalen Waddle, who they drafted last year, has been really good. Uh, so I, I think this move makes sense for both teams. But. Good move by the Patriots, especially, to, to address what's been one of their biggest issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of other news, did you hear the Lions are going to be on Hard Knocks this summer? Ooh, well, whenever summer decides to show up. <laughs> right. Seems like we had it for like a day last week. And then uh, it's almost May and it's 33 degrees here in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. 45 here, but yeah, it's been. Uh, can't come fast enough. But if it does come, then the Lions are going to be on TV. And give me all the Dan, <laughs> give me all the Dan Campbell on my TV that that I can get, please. I, I'm obsessed with that guy now. It's, it's funny how much how much crap we gave him and the team for making that move a couple years ago. But I'm all in now. Uh, so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> he already in one year he turned them from one of the like the lamest, most perennially depressing teams around into like a scrappy underdog that you could actually root for. Or maybe I'm going overboard, but I'm excited. <laughs> Any if thoughts? you and Dan Campbell sum up private time, it's fine. Hey, I'll, I can go to Starbucks with him any day. We'll have a good time. We'll have a good chat. Okay. Uh, the NFL did make a change to the overtime rules. It's only going to apply to the playoffs next year, not for regular season games. We'll have the same as prior years. But in the next in next year's playoffs, for games that go to overtime, both teams will be guaranteed a possession, which is what the uh, Bills have been pushing for, among other 
couple other team owners and, and they voted for it. They approved it. So it's going to happen. I think it's kind of like the thing they want to test out and then maybe they expand it to the entire season next year. Um, but yeah, both teams will be guaranteed a possession now. So you won't have stuff like um, this year's playoff game between the Bills and the Chiefs where the Chiefs got the ball first, scored a touchdown right away, and the game is over. Right. So we'll see how that goes. Any thoughts? No, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out now. I mean, even Kansas City, who has been usually the one that benefited from being first to score, had said that it makes sense to have both teams have a shot at it because uh, there's nothing more heartbreaking than, you know, a, a one or two weird passes or, you know, a blown coverage that just ends it for a, a season, especially because the Bills, the poor Bills. <laughs> right. I mean, like especially strong after competitors a... and teams mm-hmm. and they've had to watch somebody else have confetti right down on them twice. It's like, <laughs> like at the very least, if you know, like, OK, they scored, we have one more shot. And then it's like a normal game. Like right. it gives you something else to fight for versus like there's nothing more disheartening than watching the ball go over your head into somebody else's hands and then it's over. Yeah, especially after a four quarters of football where they're battling back and forth, tied it up, and then for it to just end like that. Um, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm looking forward to it. And then uh, Bruce Arians retired from coaching. He is staying with the team. He's joining the Buccaneers front office. And uh, they're Todd Bowles, who I think was the defensive coordinator, right? He's taking over as head coach now, signed to a five-year deal. Correct. I don't know how much it'll change, but they won't have Arians screaming at them from the sideline all game. So maybe the motivation factor drops a bit. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, come back, and talk about the draft. And we're back. The Jaguars are on the clock. What's up? What are we doing? The Jaguars are on the clock. And the oh, NFL draft starts as we're recording this. Uh, let me do some quick math. Is it? 24 plus 8, 32 hours from now as we record this. Oh, I thought, like, never mind. Yeah, I'm paying attention. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, yeah, so the first round of the draft is tomorrow night, April 28th, taking place in Las Vegas this year, which is fun. And let's give our – so first we're going to talk about the draft class itself just essentially read some names at you and then uh, we'll go through the draft order and talk about what each team needs got it and that'll that'll be about it let's do it uh, but first a a disclaimer i don't watch college football i don't know if you do Uh, so a lot of this is not first-hand research based on things that i've seen with my own eyeballs um, but when did not knowing what we're talking about ever stop us before? Never. Exactly. So because if we're nothing but consistent on this show, we're consistently bad. Exactly. That's the new tagline. Um, so yeah, let's talk about <laughs> some top prospects at each position, but we're really going to go in detail on quarterback, uh, because, you know, that's the most important position and then receiver because it's the one that I care about the most because of the Packers. So <laughs> from information that I've gathered and research on the internet, it's a good year for offensive linemen. Yeah. There are, there are a bunch of NFL ready starters and uh, which is really important to teams guys with the flexibility to play multiple positions as needed. So guys that can either play guard or tackle some guys that, with center mix in, they can play anywhere on the interior. And there's always teams in need of offensive linemen. Seattle. The, the, well, yeah, Seattle and also the Bengals and the Chiefs have heard that in the last two uh, Super Bowls. So just to read some names at you, the, the top offensive linemen prospects in this year's draft are Kenyon Green, a guard out of Texas A&M. Tyler Linderbaum, center from Iowa. Evan Neal, a tackle from Alabama. And then the early contender for best name in the draft, Icky McMonu from North Carolina State. 
There are, uh, there are others. That's why I say early contender because uh, there's there's one there, name. Um, there's always there's, more. There's one name that I'm just obsessed with. Uh, another strong position is edge rushers. As always, I feel like that's always a team that, or a position that's coveted by teams trying to get pass rushers. Uh, and this this year's class has both top end talent and depth. So likely we're going to see a few of these guys taken in the top ten, maybe even the top five. Well, I think first to touch on the first one, Aiden, uh-huh. uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, he's projected that he might be the first one to go in the draft to the Jack to Jaguars. Yeah, which I I would be totally fine with, even though he's from Michigan. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting. We'll talk about it when we get to the teams, but. Yeah, the teams at the top of the draft have so many needs. They could literally go anywhere, <laughs> and it wouldn't be a bad pick. But, yeah, these guys are all studs. Uh, you mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. He's seen, As much as there is a consensus, he seems to be the consensus top at the position. Uh, and then you've also got Trayvon Walker out of Georgia and then Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Now we're going to get a little deep. into the wide receiver position which what it maybe lacks in top end prospects like I don't think we're going to see any of these guys go in the top five or ten um you know there's no Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson level talent necessarily in this draft class I feel like we've been kind of spoiled over the last few years with with those two coming into the league and just blowing it up right away but there's still a lot of quality players and good depth of position too. And like I said, I'm especially paying attention here as a Packer fan, hoping and praying that they use one of those first round picks, at least on a receiver. So there are two guys here from, uh, from your favorite, your favorite uh, team, Ohio state, the Ohio state. Yeah. There you go. Got to have I don't know why. I'm sure there's a story behind that. Uh, Garrett Wilson is the consensus top wide receiver. And I, I actually did watch some highlights of these guys and, and I was impressed, <laughs> but Wilson is, he's just a really solid all around receiver. He doesn't have any big weaknesses to his game. He's, he's got the route running ability. He's got good, strong hands. He can make contested catches, which is super important in the NFL, especially where it's always tight windows and, defenders draped on your back and stuff so Wilson's good at that he's already got a lot of that experience which could which will likely translate to being productive right away and then you've got his teammate Chris Olave also from the Ohio State who's not quite as versatile as Wilson but he's got really good smooth movement he's got good route running as well but especially at the at the break like at the top of the route got a quick change of direction so he can really shake those defenders off him and and get open for his receiver to find or for his quarterback to to find a good lane to throw the ball in well i would love to have one of these two i do not think they'll be there when we come to our first pick yeah there's a lot of teams that need receivers which we'll talk about in a minute uh jameson williams out of alabama is is the next top prospect he's got uh, super speed but he's a little bit more inconsistent on those 50-50 balls, contested catches, and he has some issues when faced with press coverage. Uh, he has a tendency to kind of get knocked off his route a little bit by cornerbacks that have some size advantage on him. He gets knocked off the ball too easily. Uh, he's also coming off an ACL tear, a recent one in the national championship game, which, well, it's not really expected to impact his long-term career or anything it might hurt his draft stock just given it's so recent so maybe he's a guy that falls a bit more than expected but he's still expected to be a first round pick Uh, and for him an NFL player comparison would be Will Fuller who I mentioned I would love for the Packers to sign he's been a kind of speedster Uh, had a lot of success with Deshaun Watson on on deep balls in Texas in Houston back in the day several years ago Uh, but he's been kind of injury prone since then and, and hopefully that's not an issue for Jameson Williams. Then you got George Pickens out of Georgia, who is also super I would, fast. This is who I hope falls and we get him. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds, I mean, he, he looks good. He's got the highlights are fun. 
I guess that's true for all these guys, but still he's super fast as well. And he can turn on a dime to lose coverage, get separation from his defender and create those throwing lanes. Um, he's got good size. He's a little bit bigger than these uh, top three guys. I think he's six foot three. I looked it up. Uh, and he's got great hands. He only had two drops in his entire college career. Uh, that being said, he did miss most of this past season with an ACL tear, but he was able to come back late on for their playoff run. So fully healthy, not something that's expected to impact him. And then you've got <clears throat> my, my personal pick, I think, for the coolest name in the draft, Drake London out of USC. I don't know what you think about. I don't know what you think about that name. Drake London. I think that's really cool. Uh, he's a great route runner. Good hands, good ball skills. He's six foot four. He's got the uh, bigger frame. I don't want to call him a Mike Evans type because that's too too much pressure to put on him. But he's he's more <laughs> of that bigger bigger bodied receiver who runs great routes. He doesn't quite have the burst or that top end speed that you know maybe Pickens or, or Williams do, but. To me, he's a classic possession receiver, like the Jarvis Landry type. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have the game-changing speed, but he's a great route runner, good hands, and a big durable frame that could take the punishment over the middle of the field, potentially. So those are the top five receivers. And uh, honestly, I'd be thrilled to get any of them, but I like London just based on his name because it's cool. Uh, I agree with you that Pickens seems like he'd be a good fit. Moving on to uh, defensive back. So cornerbacks and safeties. There's a lot of good, a lot of good picks here too. Um, in terms of corners, potentially no first rounders, not sure. But uh, there's depth at this position too. Some of the top guys, here's another fun name. Sauce Gardner. Sauce is a nickname. It's Ahmad Sauce. Could you Gardner. imagine if he went Oh, Minshew's not there anymore. But could you imagine if he was put on the same team, you'd have Ahmad Gardner and Minshew Gardner? And then you I combine mean, their names and it's Minshew Sauce Gardner. <laughs> yeah, give me a bowl of Minshew Sauce. Yeah, I think Michael? that's too much. <laughs> that's too much charisma for one team. I don't think it could fit. But uh, yeah, he's, <clears throat> he's from Cincinnati, had a great season. Uh, and then you got Trent McDuffie at corner as well out of Washington. But uh, potentially safety is an even deeper position. A couple of first round potential here. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is the biggest one out of Notre Dame. Just incredible ball hawking safety. Uh, then you got Lewis. Oh, I should have looked up the pronunciation. Lewis Sign or Sine out of Georgia. Sign probably. And Nick Cross from Maryland. And now let's get into what most people are probably interested most of the time. And that's the quarterback position. Always generates the most buzz, rightfully so. It's the most important, you know, position there is. Every team, every successful team has a good quarterback. In this year's class, no there's way. no real consensus. I know groundbreaking analysis. There's not really a consensus uh, superstar top pick in this class. You know, like Trevor Lawrence last year was a foregone conclusion that he would go number one overall. And it seems unlikely that we'll see any quarterbacks picked in the top five at least this year. Uh, that said, the, the inherent value in the position does often push, you know, it drives up the draft price of these guys. So, you know, we'll see. And there will definitely be some first rounders. Here are the top quarterback prospects. And the main one is probably Malik Willis out of Liberty. He's got crazy elite rushing talent, and he has a huge arm, a rocket launcher for an arm. A rocket launcher for an arm. Exactly. Did you come up with that? No, definitely not. Oh. <laughs> well, I was about um, to give you a lot of credit for that, but then. Oh, like oh, I mean, yes, I did come up with that. Oh, well done. Well done. Excellent. That's uh, I'm, the picture in my mind is amazing right now. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, he has some issues with accuracy at time, trouble with touch passes and, and routes that rely on, on timing uh, due to some, and I'm no scout either, but this is what I've read, due to inconsistent throwing mechanics. 
And uh, this this fun thing NFL.com has for all these guys, at least the quarterbacks, is an NFL player comparison. And for Malik Willis, his player comparison was Jay Cutler for his arm and Jalen Hurts for his rushing ability. So there you go. Interesting <laughs> rushing comparison when when it's cited as elite rushing talent. Hurts is a good runner. Well, if I'm thinking as an elite rusher, that that puts me up by Lamar Jackson, honestly. Sure, that's true. That's that's as elite as it gets. So, but um, I mean, Jalen Hurts isn't a bad comparison. I'm just saying, if we're going to have the word elite rushing talent, I'm not exactly jumping. For okay, how, first. <laughs> how about very good rushing talent? Okay, <laughs> solid rushing talent. Solid, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, whatever you want to say about Jay Cutler, you can't deny his arm strength. So that is uh, – that's his player comp. And he's considered, I think, the top prospect. I don't know, kind of a tie with him and Kenny Pickett, this next guy out of Pittsburgh. Um, Pickett was the player of the year last year in the ACC, finished third in Heisman voting. And uh, he actually broke Dan Marino's record with 81 passing touchdowns over his college career there. And he's a different style of quarterback. Pickett is more of a pocket passer. He can make all the throws from the pocket. Um, but he's less mobile. Like sometimes he gets a little antsy there, doesn't trust his line. Not great pocket awareness and movement sometimes. So, so that's Pittsburgh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Or that's, actually, that you know, uh, New Orleans wouldn't be a bad fit. <laughs> No, they have their franchise quarterback. It's Jameis Winston, and I don't want to hear another word about it. <laughs> but if anything happens to him, they've got their superstar tight end, Jason Hill, to take over. <laughs> no, he's been relegated to strictly a tight end going henceforth and forevermore. <laughs> this is true, actually. That's what the new coach said. Um, okay, so, yeah, that's Kenny Pickett. has some issues with touch throws as well sometimes or kind of those finesse passes. Um, and his NFL player comparison is Andy Dalton, but the website made specifically noted in his prime years, not, not what we've seen of Andy Dalton more recently, <laughs> but he was a very productive quarterback for a while, <laughs> but still doesn't exactly inspire a ton of confidence. <laughs> Next guy to know about is Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. And uh, his his NFL player comp is Baker Mayfield. I'm going to say that first, and it'll make the rest of this make more sense. And his main <laughs> highlight on his page is that he plays with a lot of heart and confidence, which sounds like the kind of stuff you say about someone who's just like, oh, he's trying. <laughs> he tries really hard. <laughs> and uh, at Ole Miss, though, he was so successful because it was a very kind of QB-friendly scheme that they run there where he's not having to make too many decisions on his own. The, the different reads on any given play are clearly defined where he doesn't necessarily have to go through his progressions so much. Um, and he has a quick release. Uh, he can he has good accuracy in when he challenges tight windows and has more success on touch passes than these other guys. And he's a guy who can run too, but he needs to learn how to slide. You know, some of these guys just come into the NFL and take Flacco. all these shots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He almost broke his knee one time. It looked like on a slide, I remember. Uh, so that's something to work on. And um, yeah, so that's a potential issue. He, he seems like he needs to be in the right scheme to have success. Otherwise, he'll have a lot to learn if it's not something similar to what he's used to from college. So that's Matt Corral. And then the last guy, the last main guy here anyway, is Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. I kind of like that name. That's a cool one. Kind of reminds me of Riddler. Batman movie just came out. But yeah, he was the, or he has been the AAC's Offensive Player of the Year the last two years in a row. He led the team to their surprise, you know, run in the college football playoffs last year, even though they got pounded in the end, but still... And he set school records with 87 touchdowns, 12,000 yards of total offense in four years. <clears throat> He's kind of got that combination of being, being good in the pocket, but he can escape when necessary. 
you know, unlike a Ben Roethlisberger type that basically just stood there. And he has well in his early career, you couldn't take Big Ben down no matter what you tried to do. So that's true. It was like that. It's like that cheat in Madden where you can't be tackled and guys just like bounce off you, slide off. Um. And yeah, Ritter does have more experience processing a defense, going through his progressions, has good good mechanics, um, but a slower release, which can be an issue. Uh, decent, but not great arm strength. And sometimes accurate, sometimes not so much. And his NFL player comp was Alex Smith. So that short, intermediate pocket passer. Uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of, it kind of sounds bad. I, and like, I feel like all these player comparisons have negative connotations. <laughs> right. But um, it, it does make sense but to I some really extent. But I really like Alex Smith, so. Yeah, and he could move, he could run, and he can run an offense, so. Is it weird and controversial to say that I wouldn't mind having Desmond Ritter over Jordan Love? I mean. Because I feel like with with the mechanics issues or the, the release thing and stuff like that, when that can be worked on, right, with the right coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's, I, I think but the it's fact just... is, if you look at the positives, you have poison the pocket with mobility to escape. Kind of sounds like a few quarterbacks we know of. Uh-huh. Good mechanics and processes defenses quickly. Kind of the second part of that, I think, is really the most critical thing for a new quarterback in the NFL to be able to do because everything happens faster. Mm-hmm. So the faster your rookie quarterback can learn how to process defenses and work through their reads – usually the more successful they're going to be their first couple of years. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's one of the issues we just talked about with um, Matt Corral is, is not having that experience of doing that processing of a defense and looking through all your progressions. So that if any experience with that coming in is a big plus because I think you're right. That's one of the biggest adjustments. It's like if you took all these guys and mashed them into one person, you'd have like <laughs> your number one pick, right? It's funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No one, no one has it all. No one's a complete package necessarily in this draft. Um, I don't know. It's hard to, I don't know as much as I joke. I don't, I can't pass judgment on Jordan Love yet. We have barely seen anything from him. And the one game he did play last year, he, I, I think Devontae Adams was out, right? It's like he didn't have anything to work with. So, well, he's not going to have anything to work with now. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't hate it if the pack, as long as they draft a receiver, one of those guys we talked about with their first pick, I'm fine with them taking one of these because they do have two first round picks, uh, both later in the first round, but still. So, yeah, that's it. Then running back and tight enders, whatever positions. No one ex- – there's no Najee Harris of this year's draft who's going to be drafted really high, and there's no Kyle Pitts either. So those positions are just average as usual. So let's talk about team needs really quick. We'll go through the draft order. This is, again, as of Wednesday. So there could be trades. There will certainly be trades on draft night. There always are. Um, oh, yeah. But for now, for now, this is the draft order. The Jaguars, for the second year in a row, have the number one pick. And unsurprisingly, they have a decent amount of team needs. I think offensive line, this is what I put. Feel free to disagree. Uh, The Jaguars, obviously, they think they have their quarterback of the future and present. They're pretty loaded at the running back position. Uh, To me, they need help on the offensive line. They need help with their pass rush. They need a receiver, and they need interior linebackers. So... I think it, like we talked about, it seems likely that they go edge rusher first overall with either Hutchinson. I would, or... I, of all those, I would put them at a dire need for to bulk up their defense. Yeah. Well, defense was the name of the game for them when they were when they made that surprise run to the AFC Championship game a few years ago. All those guys are yeah. gone now, so yeah, need to restock. R.I.P. Blake Bortles. <laughs> but not actually, though. He's. <laughs> Yeah, too soon. My bad. <laughs> okay, the Lions have the second pick. I'm going to still say their biggest need is quarterback, even though they have Jared Goff. I don't think I don't see him as a long-term solution. 
Uh, they need they drafted Sewell last year, who was good at tackle. They still need offensive guard help. And uh, just looking through their depth chart, they need help at pretty much every defensive position. <laughs> so. This is another one where I'm going to lean on the defensive side because yeah. their offense can put them in a game. And this has been a, 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 a phrase that I've used a lot. Offenses get you in the game. Defenses keep you in the game. And if you think back on a lot of these close calls in some of these games, a defensive stop here or there would have been the turning point in a lot of those Lions games. Sure. Yeah. I, I agree. I'd probably, maybe, maybe we see two edge rushers go back to back with one and two picks. I haven't filled out my predict the pick yet. I sent you a link by the way. Um, oh, did, did you so do, okay. do that? Do that before tomorrow night, please. Uh, third up is the Texans who, I mean, it's, their roster is pretty dire. They have needs in almost every position. Uh, again, I was looking at their depth chart, and I, there were just so many names I don't know. I've never heard before. The one position I don't think I wouldn't say they need is quarterback. Like I said, I have a, just a little bit. I don't want to say confidence in Davis Mills, but I, I don't think he's a train wreck. I don't think he's a disaster. So, Well, and given uh, the status of this year's quarterback class, I don't right. see anybody that would take that away from him. That's not going to give you – similar results maybe mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean they have pretty much anything would be a good pick i could see them doing something boring take an offensive lineman maybe a safety but three overall is pretty high for a safety so i think they probably go offensive line or defensive line i'm gonna say wide receiver okay that would i mean that would be exciting they got brandon cooks and uh they drafted a guy last year i think later on in the draft nico collins but they certainly could use playmakers to help out their young quarterback picking fourth is the jets who uh i don't know i mean i feel like all their needs are on defense really zach wilson drafted really high last year at quarterback uh they drafted a running back too who was okay carter i think and they and they drafted a receiver elijah moore who was pretty good uh no different one <laughs> related though i'm sure um <laughs> So, I don't know. I could see them taking a corner here. But, yeah, so I have their needs as cornerback, linebacker, edge rusher, and wide receiver. I got nothing on this one. Cool. Let's move on. Giants at picking fifth. They need offensive line help, I think. They need a quarterback. Sorry, Daniel Jones, once again. I'm not a believer. No, you're not. No, I'm not sorry. You're in. Uh, and they can also use some help on the – defensive side too at linebacker or safety i feel like the giants always spend a high pick on an offensive lineman who turns out terrible <clears throat> andrew thomas well that's actually where i was going to go with it this year too and say probably offensive line yeah it, it raises an interesting question though are the offensive linemen terrible or are the giants just terrible one for uh, one, for, on. the, no, one for the scholars to ponder yeah <laughs> panthers picking sixth they are the first team that I could really see taking a quarterback. Um, they obviously are not thrilled with what they got out of Sam Darnold. Um, rightfully so. They need a quarterback. So I, this is where I think probably the first quarterback goes off the board. Because if you remember last year, they're, they've got great receivers. Obviously, McCaffrey in the backfield, running back. Um, and the defense was really solid last year. So I if they get quarterback addressed, they will have a competitive team. Picking seventh is the Giants again. Uh, this pick is from the Bears after they traded up last year to pick Justin Fields. And we already talked about them. Eight is the Falcons. Quarterback is a need for them too. Uh, Mariota is a decent stopgap, but uh, you know they need someone for the long term. Wide receiver. Wide receiver here is just big horrendous. Time. Yeah, yeah. But they also have holes all over the defense. But yeah, I think if you if you just look at their roster, they need receivers in the <laughs> worst way. If we're thinking wide receivers here, then I'm sure the Texans would take one of probably the probably Wilson from Ohio State, and uh -huh. then we might see the other guy go here. Olave, yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. I wonder if two guys from the same school at the same position have ever been drafted in the top 10 before. We're about to find out. Seahawks are picking ninth. This pick is from the Broncos, the one they got in the Russell Wilson trade. Um, 
And yeah, to me, that that trade basically puts them in rebuild mode, but they have plenty of draft picks to do it. I could almost see them going quarterback here too, but they, they have other holes as well. Offensive line is an issue. And then all over the defense. Knowing what Seattle's mantra has been, they're probably going to go defense here. Because yeah, why would you it. protect your quarterback? That's clearly not a pride in Seattle. That's never been their thing, yeah. <laughs> they don't do that there. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, they need a Bobby Wagner replacement. So I could see them going linebacker. or uh, But they also need help in the secondary and on the D-line. So anything's on the table. I would the probably Jets. look at what their versatile linebackers are and go linebacker here, someone who could be a coverage backer. If there was like a Micah Parsons type. I don't know Correct. if there's anyone of that level, but yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be a good fit. Uh, the Jets picked tenth, uh, their second pick in the top ten. This one they got from the Seahawks last year in the Jamal Adams trade. Uh, we already talked about them. The Commanders pick eleventh, and they have needs everywhere: offensive line, wide receiver, quarterback, and on the defense too, a linebacker, cornerback, or safety. So I just put defensive back. They seem like a team that drafts offensive line in a lot too. But uh, but really it's just Terry McLaurin and a bunch of guys. So I could see I could almost see them going receiver too. But you usually yeah. don't see that many go in the top, you know, half. So maybe not. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they just lost sheriff too, right? Uh yeah, you're right. So that's why I have offensive line on here. All right, let's try to speed this up because we're running up against time. The Vikings pick 12th. They have needs on both sides of the line and also at safety. Uh, the Texans pick 13th. This is, I think, their second pick of the first round. Uh, and this one they got from the Browns as part of the Deshaun Watson deal. The Ravens pick 14th. And uh, honestly, they got a lot of issues on defense. A lot of holes they yeah. need to fill. Uh, offensive line too. Remember how banged up Jackson was last year, uh, and then also wide receiver. It's just they you just mean don't have a lot just of depth. Marquise Brown every year? No, Rashad Bateman was pretty good last year actually as a rookie. So maybe maybe I don't see them doing that, drafting a wide receiver in the first round two years in a row. But yeah, I think probably offensive line is the pick. The Eagles pick fifteenth. Uh, this pick is originally from the Dolphins. Let's just go through the rest. I'm sorry. We are out of time. <laughs> yep. The Saints are picking 16th. Uh, at least they don't need a quarterback. Chargers are 17th. Uh, then you got the Eagles and Saints again. Steelers at 20, I think would be interesting if any of those top four quarterbacks are on the board. I bet they, they might go for that. Uh, I don't think they see Trubisky as a long-term option. <clears throat> Uh, Patriots picking 21st Packers at 22. This is the pick they got from the Raiders this year. Uh, so I hope they go receiver here, but like you said, they have some holes on offensive line too, defensive line as well. And, and line. No, they don't, but go on. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that more later. Another day. <laughs> Cardinals at 23. I could see them going for a receiver here. They lost Christian Kirk in free agency. They re-signed AJ Green, who's got to be like the zombified corpse of AJ. Green. <laughs> he's got to be like a hundred years old at this point, right? <laughs> they could also use a running back, though, since they, you know, they lost uh, what's that guy's name? Chase Edmonds, James Conner. They Chase re-signed, Edmonds. but but he's been injury prone, so they need a backup. Defensive line, secondary help as well are concerns. Cowboys at twenty-four, Bills at twenty-five. Titans at 26, then the Bucks at 27. I put QB for them too, just because Brady has to retire eventually, right? And like maybe a retirement that sticks, not one that only lasts a month. Uh, Packers at 28 again. This is their original pick. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate it if they went quarterback here just to get a new uh, apprentice for Rodgers because I don't know what's going on with Jordan Love. The Chiefs are picking 29th. This is the one that they got from the Dolphins in the Tyreek Hill trade. Uh, Oh, yeah, the Chiefs have back-to-back picks at 29 and 30. 29 from the Dolphins, 30 is their original pick. The Bengals at 31. 
and then wrapping up the first round will be the Lions with the pick they got from the Rams in the Matt Stafford trade last year. Now that said, there are a bunch of teams that don't even have a first round pick thanks to trades they made in prior years. And that's the Bears, the Browns, the Broncos, the Dolphins, Colts, Raiders, 49ers, and Rams, all without a first round pick. Rams don't have a first round pick for like the next millennia. They never get one again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's it. That's our show. Sorry we had to rush things there at the end. But um, Matt, it was good talking with you again, talking some football, catching up on all this latest news. It's always and a pleasure. We'll, always a pleasure. Yeah. And we'll be back either hopefully next week, sometime soon to recap the draft and then kind of lay out our plan as the real offseason starts, which is from, you know, like May till the end of July when training camps get underway. So we'll talk right. about what our, what our plan is going to be in terms of the show and episodes. Hopefully we'll be able to record again sooner than later, but no guarantees. <laughs> <laughs> With that, Matt, don't forget to fill out your predict, predict the pick and uh, let's all enjoy the draft and see what unfolds over the next few days. You know it. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.